377th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at CircusSports.com. Yo, Jen Reno, so welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 377. Going to go out to one of our old friends from the Sports Gambling Podcast Discord, Chad G, who has shown back up. I was just thinking of him the other day. Who is the crazy guy who would listen to us to fall, fall uh, asleep at night? I don't know if that's a compliment or, or not to us. I think it may not be a compliment, but I was thinking, who was that guy? And... Th- he was the same guy that would wake up his wife uh, when you listen to us and, and get all, all excited when we talked about him or her. But then he popped up and I'm like, yes, that's who it was. It was Chad G. So welcome back to the Discord, Chad G. Uh, Discord was jumping last night for UFC 290. So if you're not in there, get in there and have some fun with the rest of us. Yeah, UFC 290 was a epic, wacky event. Uh, some wacky results. Not in our favor, a lot of it. But uh can't complain about the excitement and, and the quality of the fights that we got last night. Let's bring in the co-host of mine who had the exact same picks as mine. So neither of us can dunk on each other um, due to our results. It's one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I think there was only one fight that when I was watching, I was like, this ain't great. Which uh, one was that? Petrino versus Procneo. Yeah, that was, Petrino that, looked good though. So that, did that's he? what I was uh, good enough for a prospect. Ah, man, maybe it's just, maybe it's just because it's light heavyweight. Man, that division's it's true. That division, I, I, I put that on the qualifier on there. Yes, yeah, it's it's destitute uh, in terms of its its prospects. Uh, so I, yeah, sure, I guess he can be one. Uh, <laughs> but man, yeah, that that fight wasn't terribly exciting. It was like two really tired guys clinching a lot. And uh, but yes. apart from that, the entire fight card was super fun. So uh, yeah, e- even ones that were supposed to be squash matches. Uh, you know, weren't, <laughs> yeah. weren't necessarily, sweaty. yeah, or we're, we're like weirdly sweaty or, um, you know, like we, we saw something that we've learned about somebody at some point in time. I mean, Bo Nichols hands, like, come on, like th- this was, yep. this was the perfect kind of, uh, pay-per-view. And, and I think, uh, I, I think even the UFC was super thrilled in how it ended up. Yeah. You, you, you have to have think, uh, have thought think thought you'd have to have thought that the uh, USC would have enjoyed the uh, outcomes last night uh, because, you know, a lot of uh, favorable outcomes actually happened for them so they can make fresh, um, probably uh, more favorable matchups in uh, for the fans and in for casual fans eyes. So that went well. Um, our picks, not so much. It's, it's a shame that last episode was one of our most downloaded episodes yet because we didn't give out the greatest, greatest picks. I guess the main card, we were, th- what, three out of five, so that wasn't the worst. But We also, we also, hit, we also were... had two underdogs. That's true. Yeah. That's... Our recommended plays, eh. Not so great. Yeah. But, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, onwards and upwards for the podcast. So this episode, if you haven't guessed already, we'll, we will be recapping all of the of the comings and goings at UFC 290 and then figure out what's next and uh, preview for next week. I'm sure the UFC has a power packed fight night ready for us uh, uh, next week. I'm sure it can't be like something with like women's bantamweights uh, headline. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be something like that because no one would want to watch that. So uh, before we get to all of that, Circa Sports are in the house. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are back. 14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. Circa Millions is five NFL picks, 
against the spread each week. And Circus Survivor is you just pick a different money line winner each week. You enter Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there, there being Las Vegas at Circa. The last weekend in August, CircaSports.com for all the details. That's C-I-R-C-A-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Uh, we decided with the money, Gumby was going to get UFC Boston tickets. If he wins, $15 million, And he says to pick the Cowboys for anything you can pick. That, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. They're playing the Giants week one. They should steamroll. Yes, they <laughs> should. All right. The UFC steamrolled at the gate last night. 9.75 million is what they brought in at the T-Mobile Arena. 19,204 people in attendance. They saw a very good main event or a fun main event. Alexander Volkanovsky defeated Yair Rodriguez. TKO punches. We actually got a finish Volkanovsky, which is nice to see. Uh, round three, 419 into it. Uh, this was a title unification belt. Um, and Volkanovsky we had at minus 400. Not not the craziest pick of ours, but um, it's good to see that he's still going strong. He's not letting the his first UFC loss, uh, albeit up at lightweight. He's not letting that slow him down. He was as dominant and as smart and high fight IQ and everything you could ask for. Uh, he was that in spades last night. Yeah, it, it seems like he's inventing new wrinkles as he goes to, which is the craziest thing because he's already so damn good. Um, like like he's one of the greatest of all time. I, I think we can agree at this point that anybody out there who's having like a conversation about who the greatest featherweight is of all time and still is trying to argue Jose Aldo, you're crazy. Like this guy is so much better than Jose Aldo is because he's so much more well-rounded. He just went out there and he fought a striker. And was largely beating the shit out of him on the feet. Like, it it wasn't like Yair's craziness was, like, hard for Volk to predict. In fact, Volk's craziness was hard for Yair to predict. He was throwing a low left leg kick, switching stances, and then throwing a right hand from the lead up top. I mean, that's the one that knocked him out. He landed it, like, three or four times before that, though. Um, and the fact that, like, he was doing things that the unpredictable guy couldn't predict or couldn't deal with... I mean, it just shows like he is so good in so many different ways um, that like anybody at featherweight right now has got nothing for him. And and I mean that even having just seen Ilya Tapuria look as good as he did, like I, I still think Volkanovsky is just going to absolutely maul him the same way that he did Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, that's what I It was in Bloody Elbow, I believe. They um, they had a guy in Bloody Elbow suggested Ilya Tapuria's next. I see. Spencer Kite, I'm scrolling through his stuff now. He suggests the same thing. So you think that's what that's what we're headed for? Volkanovski? No, Tupperia? Tupperia? no, I don't. You think we're going to get I, lightweight? I mean, if, if it were up to me, uh, I'd have him stay at featherweight. Because you, you know me, I'm, yep. I'm a little bit more of a divisional purist. I, I don't really care too much to see the champion versus champion fights. Um, yeah, they're, they're not for me. But, dude, they're going to Abu Dhabi in like two and a half months. Yes. You know, like, or, or what is it? Yeah, a little more than that. It might be three months now. It's, I think it's October. They're going to Abu Dhabi in October. They need a fight for Makashev. What in the world would make them say Oliveira too? You know yeah. what I mean? Instead of Volkanovski too. And, yeah. and like in the meantime, if you're you're bummed about like Tapuria not getting his, like just set Tapuria up with an interim title fight with Max Holloway. Uh, sometime in January, because let's face it, Max Holloway is going to absolutely wax the Korean zombie. So just set them up for an interim title fight in January, and then one of them can be the champ, just like Yair was the champ when Volkanovski beats him again. So, like, 
for me, I would much rather see Tapuria just happen now. Like, put the, put that in Abu Dhabi. I don't give a crap who, where, where Volkanovski fights. But I will say I don't think that's the way the UFC is going. I think they're going to set up the big fight again. It's exciting. It was close the first time. Uh, Makashev seems to be the only guy in the world who can beat uh, Volkanovski. And, and to be fair, I don't even think he beat him the first time. But it's, it, it's at least, you know, like a possibility. Set it up again. I'm here for it. We don't need to see Volkanovski lose again. We need him to start rolling again at at uh, a featherweight, but we don't get to decide these things, do we? We don't. But I, I would also say, like, you know, there is one clear cut contender right now, but like, it's not like there's a a huge line waiting behind him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what what? Just scroll down the UFC featherweight rankings for like a quick second, and like, it, it's people he's beat or people who have like kind of taken themselves out. Right. Yair's one max. He's beaten 717 times. Brian Ortega. He's already beaten. Arnold Allen just took himself out. Aliyah Tapuria is the one we're talking about. He's five. Josh Emmett's been, uh, worked over a hundred times in a row. Calvin Cater seems to be on the, uh, shelf. Chan Sung Jung. Like it's nobody who's like pining for that next spot. You know, like the closest thing you might have is like, what if Mavsar Evloev puts together a couple more wins? Like, what if Giga Chikadze oh, comes out? Of, what if Giga Chikadze comes out of hibernation? Like, Who's so like, that? yeah, just just give them, and they can take time. Give them time. Uh, let Aliyah sit around, or let him take an interim title fight. Um, and, and like I said, I, I would much rather the Aliyah fight happen now, but I get why they're going to do it. Yep, yep. We don't get to decide these things, but we will. We will enjoy watching it nonetheless. Um, we enjoyed watching the co-made mix. We hit that one too. And a underdog, no less. Alessandra Pantoja, new champion. It was a split decision, but it shouldn't have been. Well, it could have been a split decision, but the, the, uh, the decision was not correct. 46, 49. Someone gave Brandon Moreno second through fifth rounds. Someone named Ben Cartilage. That's, uh, that's a fireball offense in our eyes. Uh, the correct card was 48, 47 Pantoja. You could have even gone 49, 46 Pantoja. Um, but the official scores were 46, 49, 48, 47, 48, 47. A very easy choice for fight of the year. A bloody battle, back and forth battle. But Pantoja was the rightful winner. He was clearly the better man here. So now he's 3-0 and against uh, the former champion, Brandon Moreno. And we had him at plus 163. No reason that number should have been that high. No, it was great. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, too, uh, like about the, the judging. Ben Cartilage is the one that like severe MMA like pumps out as like the yeah, idea he of doing. Yeah, he doesn't because that is some awful scorecards. Um, you know, like for me, it, it was it was so easy to score rounds. Uh, one, two, three and five were easy for me. Uh, it was, you know, Pantoja clearly won all the odd number rounds. Uh, Breno clearly won two and, uh, you know, flip a coin on four. Uh, you, you could give Moreno four or you could give Pantoja four. I don't even really care, but that's like the best case scenario. So uh, cartilage gave, you know, Moreno two and a half rounds that really belonged to, to Pantoja, which was, I mean, just uh, one of those things where you're like, what, what fight are you watching, man? Or, or what are you trying to say? So, um, yeah, kind of crazy, but I will say it, it, at the end of the day, that all comes out in the wash when like the right person wins the fight anyway. Um, so I'm pumped that the right guy won the fight. Uh, and in 
this is going to be fun for Flyweight because uh, I interviewed Brandon Royval. I want to say it was like a year ago uh, and asked him about, you know, Figueredo versus Moreno four or whatever it was at the time. And he said he really wishes it would end because he didn't think Figueredo or Moreno were the best guys in the division. He's like, I don't even think they're really top two or three guys in the division. He was like, there's plenty of guys who are better and they're just not getting their chance. Uh, and and maybe that's true. Maybe uh, Pantoja is about to show that like him and Roy Vall might just be uh, and maybe somebody like Amir Albazi, uh, although I think he lost at Kaikar France. But maybe those guys are a step better than than Pantoja and Figueredo were while they were clogging up the division. But um, Pantoja definitely looked like the better guy on uh, on on Saturday. Yep, definitely. Uh, no, uh, no dispute, really. Well, I guess there was a dispute by by one person. By Ben Cartilage. Ben <laughs> Cartilage. We, we say your name. All right. Um, we did, hit that one. Did the medium did the, did the medium mostly get that one right? Did they they all say? Yeah, everyone did. I think. Okay, let me check. Uh, yeah, yeah. MMADecisions.com is the place to be if you want to check out dispute scores. So pretty much every fight card you, you're going to be on here checking the A score. Uh, media scores, forty nine forty five. We have one one for that. Everybody, almost everybody else, 49, 46. Uh, a few people, 48, 47. And then a few, one, two, three, four, five people, 47, 48, Moreno. Um, bloody elbow. Yep, there you go. <laughs> EKC Leiden, MMA fighting, Ooh. sure dog, you know, the yeah. usual suspects. So. Okay. EKC's yeah, so, kind yeah. of a bummer. I like that dude. And uh, that's that's yeah. a that's a bad scorecard, my friend. Sean <laughs> Sheehan had a 49-46 Pantoja, and he, he's someone that seems to know what, know what he's doing. So yeah. boy. <laughs> uh, good to see Pantoja win that fight. Do you th- now since he's te- he's officially it's he's two and zero against Brano, but when you count the, the tough house, he's three and zero. He finished him in the house too. Um, do you think they're gonna do a third? official fight uh, for these two this, uh, for a rematch or is Pantoja going to get a fresh opponent? I, I, I think uh, the answer to both of those questions is no, I don't think they're going to do the third one right away. And no, I don't think he's going to get a fresh opponent because oh, no. um, he's already fought Brandon Roy Vall. Um, oh, I mean, Roy Vall is coming off of three straight wins. His last yeah. two losses before that were to Pantoja and Moreno back to back. Uh, that was when his uh, his shoulder was all janky and not 100% fixed. Since then, he's beaten uh, Bonjarin, Matt Schnell, uh, Nicolau, and he finished the last two in the first round and won performance bonuses. And if you go before those two losses to Pantoja Marino, four more wins in a row. Uh, so, like, a- apart from losing to those two top guys in the division, he's been undefeated. Um, so, like, yeah, I-, I think it's probably him next. Like, it's not Albazy coming off of that weird split loss to Kaikar France, or, or I mean, it's a split win, but it, it wasn't really a win. Um, I, I think he's more deserving than Albazy, is all I'll say. And he's a bit of a wild man. It would be good, uh, and so is Pantosha. So that, it would probably be a fun fight. Yeah, it would be fucking chaos, is what it would be. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Now, perhaps this is that wasn't the biggest surprise of the night because we picked that and. And like I said, Pantoja is undefeated against Brandon Moreno. This was not just the outcome was not just the biggest surprise tonight, but but how it occurred. Um, Drakus Duplesis, aka Nose Job GDP, that, that's the new um, legendary character uh, that that you can unlock in the game. Nose Job GDP. Did you know he only was getting eight percent ox- oxygen, Dan? Now he's getting a hundred percent. Wow. Twenty nine percent oxygen. <laughs> 
I don't think the auction is why he uh, uh, TKO'd Robert Whitaker, but he TKO'd Robert Whitaker. Uh, 223 into the second round. No fluke, no lucky punch. He actually um, did almost a headlock takedown of Robert Whitaker, which was uh, uh, a hip toss headlock takedown, which was a shock. He actually grappled and took down Robert Whitaker and bloodied him up and ended up finishing him, him off on the ground. We did not see this coming. coming. Not many people did. DDP is a wild fighter hasn't really shown that he's good just show he's effective but he hasn't shown that he's good but i don't know maybe he's good now that he can breathe maybe he's good yeah so i try I, to make sense here I, I think he's definitely better than i was giving him credit for he, he was doing some really crafty things on the feet i mean like to be able yeah. to tag robert whitaker you have to be doing good things on the feet because robert whitaker isn't a guy who just like sticks his neck out there and does something dumb um you know he's he's notoriously good at, at being you know the kind of guy who picks his shots and stays safe and and he couldn't against uh Duplicis. so um also like it, it's important to note too about Duplicis, uh that that like headlock uh hip throw takedown he he is originally a judo guy that that is his background oh, yeah. where he came yeah i think he started doing judo when he was like a little kid um and transitioned to kickboxing and stuff like that but like he he does have judo skills back i, I if he's been training since he was 5 i want to say he's probably uh He's probably well high ranked by now. They probably got a black belt just based on time and the fact that he's a high level MMA fighter. But like, yeah, he he, he started doing judo when he was a, a little kid. So um, it's not surprising that he's got some of those skills in there. But it is surprising that like he got Whitaker with him. So like, yeah, maybe we need to maybe we need to put a little respect on his name. Uh, I wasn't before the fight. I think he looked great. Um, and, uh, you know, Whitaker. Uh, this is kind of upsetting, but l like we said at the top, UFC is getting the matchups they wanted. Um, cause, cause Pantoja is a champ, fun thing. Volkanovsky possibly moving up and doing that again, you know, fun thing for the UFC. Duplicis versus Izzy, man, dude, that is going to sell some tickets. People are going to be tuning in for that shit. Yes, exactly. And I, I don't care about, um, apparently they're, they had a fake showdown, um, the champ Adesanya and DDP in, in the cage. I don't care about any of that stuff. It's a bunch of nonsense made up fake. Uh, I mean, like, so I, don't care. I, I mean, like, I, I think, I think there's some genuine dislike there, uh, at, at least coming yeah, from Izzy. No, for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's all manufactured. I mean, like the, they clearly brought Izzy into the cage as quickly as they could. Cause they're like, let's use this moment to make this as big as we freaking can. Um, and they did a good job of that too. Uh, cause I think that's something that's going to headline a, a pretty big pay-per-view card and it's going to get a lot of people buying it. And, uh, you know, I mean, if they did it in Africa, it would be even big. I don't know where they would do it there. I don't know where the infrastructure, it would be huge there too. But even if yep. they do it in Abu Dhabi or they do it in Sydney or, you know, like they, they do it in Florida, um, it's still. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to us personally. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it's going to generate buzz and sell tickets regardless. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, yeah, that was, uh, like I said, the biggest surprise of the night. For sure. What isn't a surprise? Actually, that was a big underdog uh, surprise. Um, and that's going to lead us right into our other sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, as I clumsily transitioned to it. I tried, but it didn't really work. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy! Exclamation point. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. That deserves an exclamation point as well. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL 
season player props. So many ways to win over our underdog, and underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. This was a bit of a surprise as well. Uh, not after we saw the weigh-in, so because we know when fighters miss weight, they tend to lose, and that's what happened with Jalen Turner, who who we were marveling how six foot three Jalen Turner gets down to 155 pounds. Well, he didn't get down to 155 pounds on Friday. He made it to 158. Um, came in overweight, so he gave away uh, what 20% of his purse usually is what it is to Dan Hooker, and then he went out there and lost a barn burner, thrilling fight, uh, back and forth affair against a newly dyed blonde whitish blonde dan hooker split decision again 28 29 29 28 29 28 in this case i believe the right man won even though we had turner turner as a pretty big uh favorite minus 245 yeah i i think the right guy won too but i'll also say this i still think i would pick Jalen turner to beat dan hooker uh again like I, I think if that fight gets rolled back i'd pick the same exact thing um, and it won't get rolled back because like Hooker won. But like yeah. I, I think the bad weight cut really caught Jalen Turner uh, because yeah. he, he looked really good in the first. Uh, and then he just looked exhausted, um, which maybe this is eventually cutting down to lightweight, catching up on him. Uh, and, and maybe it's a wake up call that he does need to go up to 170 pounds. And I'll tell you something. I don't know that he would do badly at 170 pounds. You know, like you, well, he, you put, he would be one of the bigger guys there, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, I, I think you put him in there with, like, Jeff Neal. Like, I think that's a fun fight. Um, And I don't know that I would just pick Jeff Neal uh, right off jump. Or, you know, like you put him in there with Vicente Luque. Yeah, I might pick Jalen Turner over Vicente Luque. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I think he got beat by the weight cut more than he got beat by Dan Hooker here. Yeah, but I think uh, what we did learn there is Dan Hooker still got plenty of gas left in the tank um he, he always was durable but he actually he can still beat top fighters he's one two straight now claudia puelas not you know top of the weight class or anything like that but jalen turner is a, a bigger uh very tough matchup a guy who's who was on a bit of a a rise up the division so this is a very big win for him yeah and head is hard as rocks uh seems yeah. like you can't knock this dude out so yeah we knew that but yeah yeah he uh he really came through looked good basically in all aspects he was his grappling was on point. His, uh, his obviously his striking is always on point. So yeah, very very good performance by the the Aussie, Mister Hangman Hooker. Um, we hit this one. We made what? How much? A hundred dollar bet. Four dollars. Four dollars. Yes. <laughs> his boat nickel was minus twenty five hundred, and you look like minus twenty five hundred over Val's long care. Valentine Woodburn TKO punches by Bo Nickel. Thirty eight seconds into the first round. What we did learn, even though it was only thirty eight seconds, we did learn that Nickel has some hands on him. Woodburn had never been beaten before, let alone knocked out. And uh, Nickel put it on him very, very, very quickly on the feet. Didn't even need to get go to the ground. Didn't even need to go and finish off the fight on the ground. It was uh, it was taken care of on the feet. Yeah, two things. First of all, Dan Hooker's new from New Zealand, right? Not he's not oh, Aussie. Right, right, right. Ooh. <laughs> I, I think they like I think Australia and New Zealand's pretty cool with each other, but yes. Yeah, yeah. But Sorry. but I, I think I call think... me an American. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same thing. Um and then uh <laughs> secondly, yeah, like I I kind of thought Bo Nickel could do this to Val Woodburn. I didn't think he would, because I thought he'd play it safer and try to get him out of there as quickly as he could. And I think the quickest way to get Val Woodburn out would probably then take down in a rear naked choke. But I'll say this. Like, he still needs to fight somebody, right? Like, we need to step this dude up in competition. I know they tried to do that a little bit with Trajan Gore. But, like, you know, and I, I, I said this on, on Thursday's show. Val Woodburn was a guy who is going to be on Contender Series that I was planning on picking his opponent. 
Like, I had already scouted that fight, and I was already picking RoboCop. It's a different RoboCop. It's a different HoboCop. Um, I was already picking HoboCop in that fight because Woodburn is just, like, he, he's risky. He throws bombs, and he doesn't protect his chin. So, like, yes, we learn a little bit that Bo Nichols got some hands, but we also, like, it's time for him to fight uh, the Brad Tavares's of the world or, or something just a little bit higher, maybe not all the way up to Brad Tavares, but somebody in the like 20 ish range rather than these like guys who have one foot out the UFC right now. Yep. Very, very true. Um, but you know, but we're not, we always complain when they do rush people. So, you know, keep it, uh, but most, this was but most people are not a four time all American. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, true. You sound like uh, Kurt Angle uh, saying that you're a, a, an Olympian. Uh, yes, he is a four-time All-American. It's true. So who? who okay, well, let's. Uh, you, you're good at picking fights. Usually, who are you bo- booking? If you were booking, who are you booking Bo Nickel with next? Uh, well, did you Brad, like the original? The original booking here, that Treshawn Gore. Did you like that or not? I thought Treshawn Gore would have been the the right step for right. for this fight. Right, like he he needed to take a step forward. Um, so that we could see some things from him. And at the end of the day, we we didn't really see anything from him because it's just one of those situations where somebody falls off and we we wind up with a much worse person. But like, how, how about like Puna Soriano? Can, can he fight Puna Soriano? Um, you know, or Jacob Malkin. He could fight Jacob Malkin or Phil Hawes. You know, like people like that who aren't like, you know, are in danger of being fired by the UFC. Although I guess Phil Haas with a loss, but that dude has fought. Didn't he fight, uh, Delizzi and Liskarov back to back, which is insane. Um, but like somebody like that, um, or Jacob Melkin, like I said, th- those types of guys, they're, they're not top 15 guys, but they at least represent a much larger step up than Treshawn Gore or Val Woodburn would. Okay. There you go. Is everyone listening? Are y'all listening? So, um, no more lawn care professionals. So our, our friend in the Discord um, cannot get a fight against uh, against Bo Nickel next. Is that what you're saying? No, nobody should get a fight against Bo Nickel next out of our Discord. No offense to the Discord. Scuba is going to fight him. I don't. I don't want to fight with Bo Nickel. And <laughs> that's I'm, true. Yeah, you I'm, don't bigger, want one. I'm bigger than he is. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So that was the main card. We went three and five with an underdog. So yeah, we did okay with that. I'm glad that episode was was downloaded like i said one of our most listened to episodes thanks everyone but um it's our fancy plays that we're going to go through at the end that uh, we we took it in the boys on all right um prelims well, let's go through these fairly quickly you mentioned in the discord that this could happen Nick, i think it was you that mentioned it right nico price could come out and get himself starched by robbie yep. waller and that's what happened it, you i didn't, didn't even get a chance to, to be too respectful like you were afraid that he was going to be too i think he was too respectful, respectful. I, oh, I yeah? still think he was. I went 38 back seconds and, of respect? Yeah, I went back and watched that 38 seconds. Dude, look at the <laughs> first 38 seconds of any Nico Price fight. Like, compare yeah. it with, you know, any of the guys he's fought in the past. The, the Cowboy Cerrone fight or the, you know, Michelle Pereira fight or who, who's another crazy one he had. We fought Tim Means. That fight was insane. Or, um, you know, even uh, was it Randy Brown who knocked him or he knocked out? I think he knocked out Randy Brown, but like all of yeah, those so fights, he comes running out of the gate. He's throwing hands right away, mixing it up, getting crazy. And if he had done that and got chinned in 38 seconds, that's cool. I'm fine with it. Like I, at least he was fighting for our money, but he kind of like, 
he kind of waited for Robbie to throw, and then he wound up in a collar tie with a dude who's really good at throwing punches from a collar tie. Um, and he didn't do anything to get out of it. It, it just seemed like he seemed like he was in a weird spot, um, yep. fighting a legend about to retire. And Nico Price is probably the perfect person they could pair him up with because he's just a little bit enough of a head case that uh, he would do something weird like this. And uh, regardless, was going to give Robbie Lawler a fun fight. Yeah, so um, so long, Robbie Lawler. Thanks for the career. Thank you for getting out before you started getting knocked out every fight, which usually it takes guys being knocked out about five times in a row before they uh, realize, hey, maybe I should retire here. Um, is Nico Price getting cut here? He has three wins in his last 10 fights. Three wins, six losses, and a no contest, which uh, was a draw, and then he tested positive for weed. So he's lost two straight, three of four. He's got Alex Oliveira was his only win. Since, Who's not in the UFC anymore. Since tw- to the 2019. <laughs> and that one in 2019 is not in James the UFC Vick. anymore either is James Vick. Yep. And he was also kind of losing that fight until he threw that weird up kick. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're asking me, does he deserve to be cut? The answer is yes. If you're asking me if the UFC might try to find him another welterweight who's going to have a really weird fight with him and in or or make somebody like Jalen Turner look great in his debut. Oh, true. Let's do it. Let's you do know, that. that. That's the that's the Nico Price. And that's maybe like the one more thing he can do before he gets the Sam Alvey treatment. <laughs> yep. Very, very good point. Um, OK. Um, you may wonder why we haven't mentioned Jack Della Maddalena. First, he had his fight with Sean Brady fall through, and you got a newcomer, Josiah Harrell, step in. Then he, uh, medical screening, they, they found a serious brain abnormality with him. So they, they're they touting that they may have saved his life here. But he's been cut from the UFC already before he even fought. And no, Jack so Della, I, I'm not sure. Just, just to clarify that, too, and this is for everybody who follows uh, MMA roster watch right. on Twitter, because um, they said fighter removed. I actually uh, I've heard and, and I can't confirm this because I've just heard it from a couple of people um, around the UFC. I've heard he's still officially signed to the UFC. When you see his name removed like that, um, it just says that uh, he, you no longer can vote for him in the official rankings. So because he had never had a fight, I think they took him out of as being an option, which like nobody was going to vote for him anyway. But like they took him out of being an option. I've heard should he be able to fight again, they are prepared to give him a fight. It might be years down the road, but like I've heard there is a chance he still winds up fighting for the UFC at some point. Okay, cool. Uh, So anyhow, have you heard any news on our boy Jack Daly? He's going to hang out until it's time for um, the event in Australia or are we going to? So, so the word in the, uh, which was shared in the discord earlier today, shout out to you guys sharing news, uh, sometimes even before I can get to it, uh, is that he's still in Vegas and he's expecting an opponent for this upcoming weekend. Um, which, uh, uh, (laughs) I don't think Holly Holmes going to fight him, but I did hear multiple people on Twitter after I, I got that news out of our discord, but I saw multiple people on Twitter say, just give him the main event. (laughs) Um, because it's probably better. Uh, but yeah, no, he's looking for either somebody who is signed and will fight him at 170, or uh, if you can't find somebody already signed who will fight him at 170, uh, some newcomer. They are prepared to basically find another Josiah Harrell for to be the lamb to slaughter. 
Yep. Hopefully a uh, one that doesn't have any abnormalities. All right. Uh, Tetsuro Taira, his fight went through 130 pound catch weight against Edgar Charez. Did not go exactly the way we expected. 29, 27. Uh, was the winner of um, Tyra was the winner. We had him at minus 1,000. Did not look like a minus 1,000 fighter in this fight. Uh, Charest had a lot of a lot of game to him. Um, actually had Tyra in, in trouble a few times on the ground, but uh, I, I think this is good for Tyra. Uh, learning learning experience. He didn't didn't even pick up the loss. Still found a way to win, but yeah, he, he got himself into and out of quite a few sticky situations in this fight. Yeah, and, and a good fight for Shar is uh, taking this on short notice. He he looked pretty yep. good actually, and um, you know he he definitely deserves to be in the UFC. He he lost on Contender Series to Clayton Carpenter, which like in retrospect, no shame in that. His last loss before that was Jesus Aguilar, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. So like he's fought high level dudes, and he was about to fight in Contender Series again. I think he basically showed us he he was gonna win that fight, um, or or at least was deserving of being here because I think they're, I think they're flyweights he'll beat. Um, I'd pick him against certain flyweights. Yep, yep, for sure. So thoughts on our boy Tyra? Is he still our boy? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, like he's a good grappler. He, he, you know, sure is is just a guy who is kind of a weird matchup for him. Uh, first of all, it was on short notice, so he wasn't fighting the guy he had you know, planned on fighting all of this time. And in addition to that too, like his best attributes are his jujitsu, which, you know, to Suya is kind of the same way. So like, you know, yeah. I, I, I think uh, it was a weird matchup for him and I think he handled it well. He, he wound up yeah. 20, 29, 27 across the board. Yeah. So you got a 10, eight by my math. That means, right. Yeah. I don't know where, but yeah, well, let's, let's take a peek. MMA decisions again. Yeah. But none of those rounds, we're 10 8 in my books. The second round, the second round wasn't a 10 8. Adelaide Bird, Ben Cartilage, Derek Cleary. Maybe that explains what it. a all team. Of <laughs> all of them had him, all of them had him at 10 8. But do you, I don't remember the second round. I don't think he stood out in the second round that much, did he? I I don't remember feeling like that, but yeah. hey, who, who knows? You know who did stand out? Denise Gomes. We may have to uh, keep an eye on her at Strawweight. She's got unreal power for women's Strawweight. Uh, she unleashed it. Well, the fight lasted 20 seconds, so she unleashed, unleashed it well before that. TKO punches 20 seconds in the first round. Uh, it's probably less than 10 before she dropped Haregi, uh, Yasmin Haregi, and then a flurry of follow up shots. The, the ref gave, uh, especially for a women's fight, uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot times of time. Ref, <laughs> a lot of times refs are, are uh, accused of stopping women's fights way too early, but this would, was not the case here. Even Haregi did argue about it yeah she um she got destroyed by these denise gongs we did not see this coming how was was our pick here and dan thought the fight was going to go the distance ha ha did not yeah. happen crazy I, I think uh i think gomes is legit and i think uh I, I think this might actually give me more hope for my girl uh bruta brazil uh because you know we were fading bruta brazil and said you know she didn't seem like she knew what she was doing against denise uh and Turns out it's not easy to look good against Denise Gomes. So uh, may maybe Gomes is a little bit better than we thought. Yeah, if if you have power like that at, like I said, at women's strawweight, you, you're going to stand out and, and move up with the, the uh, division pretty quick because it's it's rare to have power at, at lightweight classes. So there you go. That's true. Keep our eye on that girl. Light heavyweights, Alonzo Minifield. This was another one where the odds were a little wacky in our books in our eyes i mean and we took advantage of it he took care of jimmy crute submission guillotine choke we didn't see lots of minifield uh beating the grappler uh, by submission but that's what happened minute 55 in the second round um minifield crew 
his I think his volume probably was higher in terms of strikes, but Manifield's um, blows were definitely uh, causing more damage and and sending sending crew backwards. Crew was going to retire, but his team talked him out of it since he's 27 years old. So uh, Manifield picks up another W. We had him at plus 105. He may be I know he's a little old. He's 35, but this is light heavyweight, ladies and gentlemen, and he has won. I think he's like seven one and one over his no not 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 like it five one and one over his last uh, seven fights so um someone worth the moving up a bit he's gonna be in the, he's gonna be ranked now for sure but uh keep it going yeah i was getting ready to talk about him as being like the 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 like guy who saved sad turned around but did he not have save Saud in his corner? He, he did not. He he had different coaches in the corner there. Did, did you, you see, see one of them was Pat Barry? Pat Barry, yes. So he's That's, up. Uh, he's up in the. Uh, yeah, I don't know where he is then. So he's up. Is Pat Barry still with uh, Elevation? Or was it Elevation? He was. So at? he used to train with. Um, so Pat Barry used to be a guy who trained with Duke Rufus. Okay, um, right. Yes, yes. But then yes. I think he's been kind of just with Trevor Whitman since right. uh Roses. Yep. But at the same time, like does so maybe he's he's with Trevor Whitman. I, I don't know. Uh I tried to dig around and find it. I, I couldn't actually find it. So uh yeah, it's um th- that's a weird move, but like it, he made all the improvements I would expect out of a save sound guy. Um, yeah, weird, right? That, like he had good takedown defense and was doing good things with his arms in the clinch. And um, but yeah, no, if, if he fights like that, he's going to be trouble for a lot of light heavyweights because he's so strong and and he looked really good physically too, especially for a guy who's kind of getting up there in age. And he grappled with a grappler too. Like usually yep. we uh, when you think of Manifield as a as the striker, but if he's got both things cooking, then maybe Pat Barry is a good coach, Dan. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I wouldn't definitely... expect him being a grappling coach, being as he got no. rear naked choked by Miracle Crocop. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so we have Minifield, and that was a big plus for us. All right, early prelims. Vitor, Vitor Petrino maybe is good. It's it's too too hard to tell at this point. He, he looked okay last night. Submission arm triangle choke, good enough for for light heavyweight. He pretty much dominated Marcin Prochnio, uh, three forty two into the third round. He got the win, and we got the loss. I don't. Think, I still don't think he's good, but that's all no, I'll say. He, and we can't find anyone yet. And it is light heavyweight, so yeah, I don't think he's good. Speaking of not thinking he's Speaking good, of not be good, Cameron <laughs> Simon. Uh, I'm not going to fight you about him being good because you know uh, he took care of Terrence Mitchell TKO punches three ten in the first round, but he still hasn't really fought anyone. He's only 22 years old. I think the reason uh, there's a bullseye in him is he likes to talk a bit. Also, he just gave up a takedown to Terrence Mitchell and very <laughs> easily, right? Like I, I yeah. know the results keep coming up, Simon. Right. And I, I know we keep having to be like, oh, yeah, he's one, you know, he's three, and know, at Bantamweight, which is not typically very easy to do. But he keeps fighting replacement fighters and doing things that make him look bad. You know, like he <laughs> didn't grapple well with Stephen Kozlow and, and Terrence Mitchell took him down. Like, dude, I, I'm pretty sure Brady, he standard beat the shit out of him. Right, like that's oh, my what opinion. A diss that is. Boom. But no, but like no, but I, I'm not saying Brady He stand is trash. Like I, I like Brady <laughs> He stand. He's a fun prospect and whatever. But like if you're looking for somebody who's an up and comer, like that's kind of what Brady He stand is too, right? Like he's a young guy who hasn't really fully matured into his game yet and is still figuring things out. And like I think he's a much better prospect than Cameron Simon because I think Simon has all these grappling deficiencies that we are just not seeing yet. Uh, because he's fighting Steven Coslow and Terrence Mitchell on short notice. Yeah. And if he thinks he's better than he is too, that's, that's going to catch up to you. 
pretty quick. Correct. Once you do start Correct. fighting, once you start fighting people, um, you, you have to be humble and continue to try to get better. Hopefully, he's doing that privately, and he's just putting on a show for, for the mics. Um, all right, Aguiar, we had Jesus. So of course, we're going to ride with Jesus in the flyweight fight. Uh, Jesus, Aguiar, who? 17 seconds. We had a lot of quick fights last night. 17 seconds, a knockout punch. He knocked uh, Shannon Ross right out of the UFC after that that fight. I have to imagine, too, that's true. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with him being fired on this one. Also, and somebody in the Discord mentioned it, I said that there's a good chance that Aguiar uh, KOs him because he throws bombs. And, uh, you know, like I didn't think it would be that quick. I didn't think it would be that vicious. But man, it, it does seem like Ross just doesn't have a chin anymore, right? Yeah, which is if you're in a, a flyweight, that shouldn't be an issue, but apparently it is for him. It is at three in a <laughs> row. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and as you said, we didn't predict this. We don't. We're not predicting 17 second fights. That's uh, well, we'll leave that for someone else. Um, yeah. and then the it didn't open so well for us. Camuela Kirk, he was game. He came out. He looked good the first round, but Esteban Rebovitz looked pretty darn good. All around in this fight, 29 28 across the board for Rebo Vix and how gave us an L to start off the proceedings. Yeah, I think they both look good. Um, it's really a shame that this was uh such an amazing fight card because I, I yeah. thought after watching that, I was like, man, these two guys are gonna win some extra money, and I, I hope they took care of them because uh, it was a really fun fight to kick off the night. Kirk looked yeah. really good when he could get the grappling going. Uh, and then when he couldn't, Ribovic took over. I think that the scorecards were right, even though I was hoping, you know, Kirk would have snuck around in there somewhere yeah. and, and get us off on the right feet. But it was, hey, it was super exciting fight. Um, it, and both guys are like, I don't know, below average lightweights that are going to be fun to watch. Yep, for sure. So, yeah, speaking of bonuses. So originally it was Ribovic, uh, Kirk. We're like, OK, they're going to win fight tonight. And then it was probably Hooker Turner. Probably. Yeah. Took, took that, and then um, a couple of fights later, the real winner came through. Pantoja and Moreno, a one fight of the night. So 50 extra 50k for those guys. They're already getting championship money, but oh well, uh, not our money. We don't have to worry about it. And then performance of the night: Drakus Duplessis and Denise Gomes, two fighters who we picked to lose. Yeah, and but, uh, uh, I, I still don't. I, I, as always, I'm going to complain mildly. <laughs> uh, how, how does Aguiar not walk out of there with one of those? Yep. Yeah. Because yep. he he's on the early prelims. The people that the, need the money don't get it. He knocked the dude out in 17 seconds with a uh, a punch that made a sound that will haunt my dreams for weeks. <laughs> you love that stuff. It will be a dream, not a nightmare. It's true. Um, yeah. Everyone, all the finishers should have got bonuses, but we don't we don't uh we don't decide these things. So we went seven and six. Not Petrino. Petrino doesn't need a bonus. No, Gumby's <laughs> very anti-Petrino. I mean, he, um, he just doesn't look good. <laughs> he's playing heavyweight. He's fought seven times. You only you see the guy they said started in 2019. So yeah, um, he probably shouldn't be in the UFC. Is is the case? But he's lucky he weighs what he weighs. I think is is the moral of that story. We both went seven to six because we copied each other's picks. We went. We lost 202 bucks. Boo for us. We missed all of our special. We've never missed all of our picks on on our fancy Nancy picks. But we did. Turner and Price were our locks. That did not come through. Kirk and Procneo were our dogs. That did not come through. Gomes, uh, Harege going the distance. Nope. And Price waiting via knockout. The knockout part was right, uh, but Price was on the receiving end of that. And then our fancy dancy two fight parlay that's going to hit one of these days and get you big money. Price to win in round one. It lasted around. That's true. And Whitaker to win a decision. That did not happen. So 
Um, didn't so, do so hot there, but usually we're, we're pretty good with these things. So I, I will give us a pass. Yeah, it felt weird not hitting my dog. I had three in a row uh, and yep. six out of seven. So uh, we're going to have to get back on the horse for this. Uh, and let me tell you something. People are knocking uh, UFC Fight Night home versus Silva, which I I know you're about to introduce in I'm a second. About to introduce it. As, as a god-awful card. But there are a lot of very evenly lined fights on this card. Like, the, like if you go okay. top to bottom on it, uh, and I'm, I'm not – there are – Way more people in the 100s and early 200s than you see elsewhere. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of 300, 400 numbers on this card. Whereas, like, this last pay-per-view was somewhat hard to make money on because there was a, you know, our, our favorite plays were, like, some negative 250 guys. There are going to be a lot of, like, way lower numbers that are kind of fun to play on this card. So, uh, yeah, th this was, uh, maybe this is going to be more fun for our pockets. Yep. Um, it is uh, true that Gumby is the king of the sickos, though, and he likes every fight card. And I hope someone can grab the uh, the clip that uh, Gumby just said. It felt weird not to hit my dog. I hope someone grabs that clip. <laughs> Out of context. And, and keep it for evidence. <laughs> keep it for evidence. All right. Um, UFC Fight Night Home versus Bueno Silva, as Gumby said, is coming up on July the 15th. That would be next Saturday from the UFC Apex. Imagine that. Hopefully, we're going to get a Jack Della fight on this card. But here is the fight card as we speak. Holly Holm versus Myra Buena Silva. Holly Holm never goes away. Always is in champ, champ, uh, title fights. Always is in main events. And basically, she's always one win away from a championship fight, too, no matter how many uh, wins she's strung together. So if she wins this fight, she'll probably get thrown into a championship fight. So that's the main event at Bantamweight, because uh, that's what we want. Five rounds of that. Uh, middleweights, Albert Duryev, Jean Young Park. Walt Harris, Josh Parisian, Norma Dumont, Chelsea Chandler, Ottman Azaitar, Francisco Prado, Terrence McKinney, Nazim Sadikov. Yeah, that's a, a stellar card for sure. And then pre, uh, early prelims or just prelims. Uh, Tucker Lutz, Melsic Bogdazarian, Victoria Dudakova, Estella Nunes, Austin Lingo, Melky Costa, Evan Elder, Gennaro Valdez, Tyson Nam, Azat, Maxim, Alexander Munoz, Carl Deaton, the third, and Ashley Evan Smith. Yes, she still exists versus Eileen Perez, the queen of Bantamweights now that, uh, and Featherweights, even though it's not really a division. So you're excited about this card or you think we can make some money on it is what you're saying. I think we can make some money out of it. And there's a lot of weirdness too, um, which you I'm like a big fan. Yeah. And, and like that lightweight fight between Terrence McKinney and Nazim Sadikov should be like very, very violent. Um, yep. and absurd. So I'm excited for that. Same with the Ziatar versus Prado. That should be violent. Lingo versus Costa is, is kind of a barn burner. Uh, Osmot Moxham kind of came out of nowhere. Like he, he's not the kind of person the UFC usually just like signs cold without running him through, you know, contender series or something like that. But here he is and he's getting Tyson Nam right out the jump. Um, Malsic Magdazarian is never boring. So like there's plenty of exciting fights on here. I think if you're one of those people who's like, well, what what happens because of these fights? Um, the answer is nothing. There There is nothing of consequence on this card except for the yeah. fact that whoever wins the main event might wind up fighting Juliana Pena for the belt. Um, yeah. and, and if Norma Dumont yeah. or Chelsea Chandler like puts on a real performance and like, you know, like one of those two goes out and, and violently knocks the other one out. They might convince Dana White to keep featherweight around a little longer. 
but other than that, there's oh not. Boy. Other than that, there's not a real lot of consequence here. We want Adam Waite. Get rid of Bantam Waite. I mean, Featherweight. Bantam Waite, too, if you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I did mention Dumont Chandler is at the uh, the fictional weight class of women's of Featherweight. So, all right. So that is next week. And this is one of our epic, long recap episodes. But usually we like to brag when we hit some picks. I guess we hit some dogs. So that, that was positive. Gumby Knight, there. There's a clip for everyone. We hit some dogs. Um, all right. We'll be back very, very soon tomorrow. One of our non-UFC events. And Gumby has picked a uh, cornucopia, a buffet of uh, regional, <laughs> regional events for us to cover, which is good. We're, we're going we're gonna to jump all around the globe. And I think the cards are, I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, too, three cards, which will be fun. It'll, it'll be a weekend's worth of picks we'll be giving you. So that'll be tomorrow. In the meantime, the Discord is placed to be sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord. Twitter is SGPN MMA. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. I'm also on Instagram at Jeff underscore Fox underscore writer, where I, I put up MMA stuff there. Uh, my sub stack, you can get all my MMA writing into your inbox every day, pretty much. And you can enter my weekly pick and contest at moneymma.substack.com. Gumby's got the Todd Trittle MMA podcast. We'll talk more about that shortly. Um, it drops midweek and he has good interviews on it. So that's all you need to know there. And I'm not on it. That's the most important part. And Everything that's good in the world is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We shall return, as I said, tomorrow with some regional picks where Gumby excels. Everyone knows that. Um, that show, I, I will steal the ship, Atomic Jeff Fox. Uh, of course, I will bring on the brute, Gumby Vreeland, uh, as my sidekick. Sidekick? Sure, sidekick. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.